one ticket for And Why Not, please. Welcome to this And Why Not spoiler special. Um, this one's a little bit different because unlike pre-normal episodes, we're not talking about a older film that people love and the impact it had on them. We kind of go into that a little bit, obviously, because it's Ghostbusters and Andy and I have a history with it. But this one is more looking at a current film and doing a spoiler special discussion on that. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much the setup for this episode. So it won't be full of clips like the normal And Why Not episodes. Uh, it's just me and Andy talking, a bit like we did with the Zack Snyder Justice League one we did a few months ago. Uh, anyway, hope you enjoy. If you've got any thoughts, let us know in the comments and all that stuff. And without further ado, I will roll the trailer. What are you doing here in Somerville, anyway? Honestly, my mom won't say it, but we're completely broke. And the only thing that's left in our name is this creepy old farmhouse our grandfather left us in the middle of nowhere. Why'd you bring me up here? Entertainment value. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Somehow, a town that isn't anywhere near a tectonic plate, that has no fault lines, no fracking, no loud music even, is shaking on a daily basis. Under the dining table now! Hey, remember that one summer we died under a table? I found this in my living room. Whoa, killer replica. A replica of what? A ghost trap? There hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years. New York in the 80s? It's like The Walking Dead. Your dad never mentioned this to you? It's just my mom. My grandfather died. My mom says we're just here to pick through the rubble of his life. Wait a minute. Who are you? Call it fate. Call it luck. Call it karma. I believe that everything happens for a reason. Come on, darling. It has a gunner seat? Hello, Andy. How are you? Hello, Stuart. I am fine, thank you. How are you? I am all right. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Uh, I was counting down to when the first person went out of us would say that. Somebody had to. It had to be me, really. So, <laughs> but, yes. Do we get extra yeah, points um, in this for dropping in lines? And the more a school, the better points. Possibly. I think we should. 
I mean, back off, man. I'm a scientist. <laughs> I'm told trying to find out a way of working in listen, can you smell something, which is my all-time favourite line. I love that line. Uh, As a really... kid, I did. I never understood it. No, no, it's, it's so subtle. You kind of hang on a minute. Well, as a kid, you take it literally, don't you? That it's like, well, that makes no fucking sense. As an adult, that's, that's genius. Yeah. Like, like I've said, before, I've said on previous nerds episodes when we talked about Ghostbusters, it's the little subtle egon things I like, like when they flick on the proton packs for the first time in the elevator and he just moves away in the background. When they're when they're in the hotel and they're talking about it, yeah. licensed nuclear accelerators or something, isn't it? Yeah. So I I love the wordless egon stuff, but. <laughs> And uh, the, but, the, uh, yes, and we're the not... smirk in Ghostbusters 2, sorry, in, in, like the smirk when they're talking about the, the slime and um, isn't it, it doesn't um, um, <laughs> You're not sleeping with that, are you, Egon? That's it, that's it, yeah, that's the one. And he just kind of gives him that smirk. That's fantastic. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about today, Stuart? Anyway, well, last Tuesday, uh, by some, was it last Tuesday? It was last Tuesday. It was last Tuesday, yeah. Weirdly, we both found ourselves at the same cinema watching a preview screening of um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes, we did. And, you know, I was wearing a disguise and he still noticed me. I know. I mean, your disguise was you were dressed as Zoot. <laughs> it wasn't exactly something. And I'd gone dressed as a ghost, which I realised <laughs> in retrospect, walking around with a sheet yeah. on is never a good idea. <laughs> So but yes, now, uh, yeah, I won tickets from Sky Thingy Bobby, um, Sky VIP, and we went, didn't we? And it was good. We did. We went in like we were in Wayne's World. Yeah, yeah, so holding our passes up. Yeah, <laughs> which is nowhere near as effective when it's just on your phone. <laughs> well, it wasn't on your phone. We had to leave our phones in the car, and then no other. Yeah, phone- that's what it bloody said on the ticket. <laughs> I was the only, we were like the only people to have left them on, you know, in the, yeah. in the car. Get in the screen and everybody's checking Facebook and scrolling through. And even said they're going to be people with night vision goggles. So I had all yeah. these, you know, um, uh, yeah, all these really cool science of alarm quotes ready to come out, and there bloody wasn't any. Yeah. Do you reckon they'd have been Ghostbusters goggles? Yeah, uh, would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. All those Jurassic Park ones with the red lights flashing around the lenses. <laughs> Just to be extra subtle. Not very in keeping with the brand, though. Well, no. Dinosaurs, ghosts, same difference. <laughs> They're all dead. But yeah, so, um, I don't know about you, because, you know, we've never just talked about it before. Uh, okay. Is, but um, I always been well since i first saw it been a massive fan of ghostbusters um i can't remember when i first saw it it would have been on video Mm. i think the real hype for ghostbusters for me probably started in 89 when the second one came out yeah okay um and that's sort of possibly when i became aware of the first one i'm I'm not 100 sure you know sort of early years of your life sort of mashed together into i probably had seen ghostbusters before that yeah, it's one of those things where things that have a lot of hype at that point in your life kind of leaves the biggest impression. Yeah. And you just kind of went along. For me, I mean, I just kind of went, 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 went with the hype. So, you know, in the late 90s, it was it was like 
you know, in the late nineties, late eighties, it was all about turtles and, and then go, you know. Um, well, that summer of eighty nine, you had Ghostbusters. Turtles was the cartoon was on, so that there was yeah. that hype. You had the Batman hype. Yes, of you had course. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade hype. Yeah. Um, like I say, I remember if I had seen the original Ghostbusters before that, I wasn't aware of it, or it doesn't stick in the memory. I certainly remember it after that. Would it be? Would it have premiered on TV by then? Probably, it'd probably been on telly a couple of times by then because it was five years after it came out that the second one came out. Um. So yeah, and then I bought. Weirdly, it ties into the Monster Squad episode I did with Damien a little while ago, but I picked up two Cinema Club videos in Woolworths, and it was a choice between Monster Squad and um, Ghostbusters, and I picked Ghostbusters, Mm. not realising that Monster Squad would become so difficult to find after that, and Ghostbusters would be everywhere. But I don't regret it, because I fucking love Ghostbusters. So, but yeah, so for you, sort of when, how, Ghostbusters... So exactly the same as you. It was Ghostbusters 2 that had, I think because I was older, I was 10 when that came out. Um, my earliest point of Ghostbusters, and I mentioned this to you before now, is um, there was a pack of cornflakes, and on the back of, cap- of the pack of cornflakes was a massive big picture of Vigo, the painting of Vigo. And the Carpathian. Vigo the Carpathian, and I was... Absolutely. I was just obsessed with it. I loved it. I loved this image and it was really, it freaked me out. But in that kind of, I'll just have that kind of mystery about it. And I just, you know, really, really liked it. And I really wanted to go to the cinema. Was it, what rating was it when it came out? Was it a PG? It would have been a PG, yeah. Yeah. Vigo the Carpathian Um, is not a portrait artist of the year episode you want to be on, is it? (laughs) No, no, especially if you're tempted to put puppies in it. So your sitter today is Vigo the Carpathian. <laughs> Can I draw a kitten? <laughs> okay. Imagine you go to life drawing and it's Vigo the Carpathian. Naked. <laughs> you don't want to fuck that painting up. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I mean, then I, when I was in sixth form particularly, I remember obsessively watching Ghostbusters like at least once a week. Yeah. And then buying Ghostbusters 2 on video with whatever money I'd saved up from whatever job I had at the time. Which sounds like I was really poorly paid in my job, but I used to just fucking spend it on other shit. Mm. So I remember then buying Ghostbusters 2 on video from Iceland, I think, weirdly. Weird? I didn't know they did videos. They used to have like a little thing by the till. Yeah. Of like the cinema club ones. The, the ones that used to be a fiver. Yeah. And I remember getting that from there. Oh, did I get Ghostbusters from there? Anyway, I got one of them from there. Um, but yeah, um, and then at, that got added heavily into the rotation as well. Because I remember Ghostbusters 2 wasn't, it was always wrongly seen as a flop, wasn't it? But it wasn't. It, it yes. needed a decent sum of money, just not as much yeah. as the first one. Um, which is why it's also kind of bizarre that there was no Ghostbusters 3 so soon after it. Mm. But I think from little things I've read, it's possibly the uh, Bill Murray factor on that. Yeah. He didn't want to do a third one. They didn't want to do a third one without him because he was the bankable name at the time. So mm. possibly still is. But but yeah, it's um. So 
but yeah, and it's just one of those films when it's on telly. I know some people have been like, have you actually rewatched Ghostbusters recently? I've been like, yeah, it's great. It's like, really? I thought it was shit. It's like, fuck off. Get out. There are a couple of things. I mean, because um, I, I... There's, there's some uneasy things. It very much falls into that. It's a film from the 80s. Yeah. Like, like um, the fact that Venkman takes medication on a date with Dana Barrett to knock her out. And he's basically a big freaking pervert. That's what... Well, I mean, it's... It's what was sold to us as, you know, charming guy that women love in the 80s. And now you're like sexual predator. Yeah. Trying to get into the pants of his students. <laughs> By electrocuting other ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not. I don't know. I, I liked him because he was Bill Murray. Hmm. But he is a problematic hero. Yes. Very but like so. I say, that's very much how those yeah. 80s Indian man was played. I mean, like, fuck yeah. me, you've only got to look at Harrison Ford films and see how many times he forces himself upon women. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Especially freaking Blade Runner. Blade yeah. Runner, Empire Strikes Back. Probably the Indiana Jones films. Yeah, look at um, Steve Guttenberg and Police Academy. Don't bring the goot into this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this isn't about, like, you know... <laughs> the political correctness of the 80s and how it was not necessarily kosher um but but yeah he was he was a lovable scamp let's be generous and call it that but there are there are there are 80s film issues with it but yeah i think you kind of have to look past that you mean like the the, the looking back at it now the terrible cgi and for the double for the um the dogs uh, see that doesn't bother me because it's cgi in stop motion isn't it it's yeah but it is really badly done yeah but it's a you've kind of got to accept it for the time it was oh yeah but even for the time it was it is still badly done i don't think so i think it's fine it never bothered me as a kid yeah i think if they went back and again, did a cgi polish on it i'd be like well it's shit eh? <laughs> if they george lucas did mm. And that's not a swipe at George Lucas. He can do what the fuck he likes. Leave him alone. Um, let's be fair. Look what Disney did. <laughs> that's a podcast for another time. Um, <laughs> slave yeah, girl. So, what slave girl? So, yeah. So we had Ghostbusters and then we had the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Which I loved. And the Ghostbusters comic. The Marvel UK one. I used to get that every so often. Um, I think I must have seen Ghostbusters as a kid because I remember my mum's freezer in her garage. We had like Ghostbusters stickers on it and it was like the dogs and the Ghostbusters logo and that. And that must have been around the time the first film came out. I can't imagine they, well, they might have done a later serial promotion, I suppose. But but that shit definitely came from the serial. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Um, Yeah, and then, so we had that. Um, they did Ghostbusters Extreme, which I must admit I never really watched. No, no, I'm it, kind of it looked a bit nineties. Was that when Janine was a Ghostbuster? I think Janine was a Ghostbuster, and it was Egon, and then it was like a new young hip squad, like nineties hip. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, because it was extreme, like everything was in the nineties. Yeah. Because we did our Pepsi to the max, that sort of thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then nothing until the 2016 reboot. 
which is fine. I'm not a fan of it, but I know there are people who are a fan of it, and that is absolutely fine. For me, I just thought it was a bit of a mess. Mm. It, it needed a tie, somebody to just be kind of like, you know, this ad-libbing is great, but you need to tighten it up a little bit because <laughs> your characters are all over the place. Um, I must admit, I've not rewatched it since I first watched it. I do own it. It's sitting on my shelf. I just never felt the need to go back to it. I know there are people who say it holds up better than the original Ghostbusters, but again, to those people, really? I, yeah. Mark Commode said it recently on when he was reviewing Afterlife. Okay. Which, yeah, like I say, it's fine, and they did something different with it. I think if they'd have done that but actually kept it in universe, I think it would have been much well better received. Yeah. I think the thing to do it where they basically ignored the Ghostbusters have gone before. And like I say, there are people who like the film, so I'm not going to shit on it. It just wasn't my Ghostbusters. Mm. Um, I think part of the problem with how they then marketed Afterlife was a little bit got some people's backs up because they said that it was bringing Ghostbusters back to the fans, which kind of made it sound like, because there was that whole fucking... Ghostbusters 2016 online trolls thing. Oh, of course, yeah. That was like, was blamed as being the fans. I don't think it was the fans. I think it was just a toxic fucking group. And I don't hold with any of that shit. Yeah. If you don't like the film, fair enough. But the the toxicity of it all was unnecessary. But that's fucking Twitter, isn't it? <laughs> And modern online fandoms. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I I don't hold with that. And I kind of think, like, you know, them saying that this was bringing Ghostbusters back to the fans made it seem a little bit like they were kind of like, you know, yeah, fuck that shit. But I don't know. But anyway, yeah, it brought us to Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I went in with mixed expectations what did you think going in yeah um, i was prepared to hate it yeah not hate it just be disappointed i think I was, yeah so i i did go in quite low um because the things like on the trailer where you get the the mini stay stay puffs and you think it's going to be a lot of fan um fan service well, my um, thing with really that was, it was kind of like well this is just their baby group baby yoda yeah. we all sell some fucking toys kind of yeah. thing i was like do we have to have a fucking baby everything in things now it's like <laughs> the next alien movie is gonna have little baby ones in it that are cute <laughs> <laughs> little baby freddy krueger it's like we don't need to fucking cutify everything so we can sell some soft toys yeah but but we'll get into that in a minute but i think they were actually well handled in the film in the end, I think they would, yeah, absolutely. Or do, do I do maintain that if a fucking giant marshmallow had destroyed part of New York, you would fucking lose that brand straight away? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay exactly. puffed as a brand should not exist anymore. <laughs> Although, saying that, there's no such thing as bad advertising. No. Although, I did also think that technically, as Ray conjured it, would Stay Puffed be within their right to sue him for a misrepresentation <laughs> of their brand? <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. 
I went down this weird thought rabbit hole of what's the legal ramifications on Ray? Is he's technically the one who uh, created the giant steak puff marshmallow? Maybe man. they just tried to sue Goza. Well, you could. But, but yeah. So, yeah, sort of went in with hopeful but fairly low expectations, I think. Because mm. you're always hopeful, I think. Even the most cynical fan is kind of in the back of your mind. You're like, yeah. I really do hope it's going to be good. It's just learning to taper that hopefulness down a bit. Ready for disappointment. Yeah. So it doesn't, you don't spend the next three days moping. Because you've been burnt before. We have been burnt before. Um, but the beauty of going to that preview screen is that I'd heard nothing else about the film from anyone. So I didn't know whether it had been well yeah. received. I didn't know what critics that I like thought about it. So I basically come out with my own opinion. I know that sounds fucking stupid because, you know, regardless of what critics and I say, the opinion is still your own. But if somebody starts telling you the things that don't work about a film before you've seen it, then you notice it. It sort of informs your decision as well. Um, so, yeah, as as you won the tickets, you can go first. Um, how did you feel when you left the film? So I think both of you, both of us, because we sat there waiting for the, you know, the inevitable after credit scenes. And I think both of us didn't say anything, did we? We were just like, you know. Well, you um, went to say something and I was like, we'll talk about it in the car. That's you it. know what yeah. you did. That's it. And I said, yeah, it sounds like you're about to have, we're about to have a massive row. <laughs> That's uh, the way I like to leave people in the cinema. I'd be like, that gay couple was going to fucking kick off. Um, I personally, when I left, uh, I, I enjoyed every single second of it. Uh, I loved the, uh, I mean, the, the emotional aspects, the humour to it. Um I, I went in there thinking it was basically going to be um, a... Uh, oh, what's the bloke? Who plays Ant-Man? Him. Paul Rudd. So I thought it was just going to be a Paul Rudd movie, you know, with he was going to be a Ghostbuster and all that. But you can't... Yeah, I thought he was going to get the Superman 3 treatment. Yeah. It's like, it's a Superman movie. Well, actually, it's a Richard Pryor movie, but Superman's in it. Yeah. Um, but as you rightly said, you said to, before you think he's probably going to play the role of... Um, He's going to be the Lewis Tully, the Rick Moranis role. Lewis Tully, yeah, Rick Moranis, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he is. He's a bit more. There's a bit more to him than Lewis Tully. But but he basically is the same role. You know, inevitably, what happens at the end, he is the same role. Um, He's kind of like if they'd followed through on Ghostbusters three, and Lewis Tully still had a Ghostbusters suit. Yeah. (laughs) Then uh, that's kind of what Paul Rudd would be. No, I really, I came out there with a massive grin on my face, um, just really kind of hyped up about it. Um, you know, I thought it was good, good fun. It was brilliant fan service, but not too much. There's a lot of new stuff in there. And the ending was just perfect. Probably. Yeah, we'll get onto that in a bit. Um, yeah, I came out of it. Um, I think I initially said I think it's my film of the year. I, I've sort of tapered off of that a bit, but it's definitely the most fun I've had watching a film this year. Yeah, certainly absolutely. a film I've not seen before, anyway, yeah. or certainly a new film that I certainly came out of this feeling a, a lot happier than I did coming out of Bond, for example. Mm. Um, but again, that's a different discussion. Uh, my feeling on Bond has sort of tapered the further away I've got from it. I'm kind of slightly higher on it now. Okay. But, but yeah, I, I really, really liked this film. Um, I loved the 
a lot of people said it's slow at the beginning and i think it is but i think that's because you're waiting for the ghostbusters stuff to start yeah but, but the I mean, 80s kid in me liked that 80s nostalgia of the odd job group of kids coming together and yeah quite it felt like an old amblin thing. movie yeah a, a kid's own adventure sort of movie because it is a good hour in before the ghost busting kind of starts isn't it yeah but you get that really cool intro you know um whatever happens yeah the whole thing it kind of sets up the film um, you yeah. don't really see the guy's face but you kind of know who it is anyway which i really liked i was really worried they were going to go uncanny valley which they yeah. kind of do at the end but again we'll get to the end yeah. later on i mean i would argue that this is possibly the in a weird way the Ghostbusters film with stakes because this is the first one in which a character dies. Yeah. And, you know, not necessarily in a pleasant way. Yeah. You know, death by armchair. Mm. Didn't kill Dana Barrett. I wonder if they broke Egon's boobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'd say it's possibly... I mean, in no other Ghostbusters film do you see a character ripped in half. No, you really don't, do you? Which, that yeah. scene, I was kind of like, yeah, that's very cool. But then I was like, is that the Ghostbusters scene? The more I thought about it, the more out of place that felt. Yeah. Like I say, in with the exception of, like, the ghost plasma or whatever it is that goes up the exhaust of the cab, and then you see the, like skeletal cab driver who may seems to make yeah. a cameo in this film oh he does of course he does doesn't he go for um, coffee yeah you, you you assume that that was a, a live cab driver who's now been killed by the ghost and taken over or whatever yeah so but with with the exception of that i don't think anybody else dies in the other two ghostbusters films do they um hang on no um Certainly nobody dies on camera. No, you're quite right. Yeah, not that I can think of. So there was always something a bit kind of like, you know, kid-friendly ghost stuff. I know there's other adult stuff in Ghostbusters that is questionable when showing children of a certain age. Yeah. But yeah, this is definitely a bit It doesn't more hold gro- back. Yeah. Which is weird because it focuses on kids, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it definitely earns that 12A as a be, opposed to being a 15 um, for me. Mm. Um, not that I didn't enjoy that stuff. It's just a little bit kind of like, oh, that's a bit more than I'm used to. Um, I suppose the J.K. Simmons character, he's Ivo, isn't he? The oh, I can't remember his surname name. The guy who basically built the building that Dana Barrett lived in in the uh, original Ghostbusters. That's it. Because I only know that because when you first see Shandor Mind Corporation, uh, I, all the way through I was going, where do I know that name from? Because I watched Ghostbusters the day before. Yeah. Um, and it was like, I know where Shandor, I know that name. And I couldn't remember until a few minutes later. Oh, they mentioned the, the metal, but it was mining. And I remembered the metal was what they used for the installation of the apartment building because it was some kind of ghost conductor, wasn't it? Yeah, Goza worshippers. That's it, Goza worshippers, yeah. Oh, dogs and cats living together. 
yeah, I mean, I liked that. I liked that it was connected to the first one in that way. I thought that was a smart way of doing it. Mm. Um, because I mean, I thought I liked the fan service. I mean, it's kind of yes, it was very fan servicey, but at the same time, what else would you really want from a Ghostbusters three? Yeah, we had this conversation in that you're never going to get the Ghostbusters three that you've always imagined in your head mm. because a they're like thirty years older now. Sadly, Harold Ramis is no longer with us. So you could never get that original Ghostbusters magic back. Yeah. It's sort of gone. This is the logical step to take. And I like... I like the nods to the Amblin sort of feel of it. And I like all the nods to Ghostbusters. I didn't think they were too heavy-handed for me. Hmm. I mean, I've seen some people say it's basically The Force Awakens for Ghostbusters. But my argument with that would be that Force Awakens kind of shit on everything that it came before for me. Yeah. This very much felt like it was respecting it. A proper homage, yeah, homage. Because my issue, again, it's a separate thing, but my issue with Force Awakens is it kind of undoes everything you'd invested in the original trilogy. Yeah. Because all those characters fucking fall apart after that film. After Return of the Jedi, like Luke fucks off on his own, Han and Leia split up. They basically all go back to where they were in the beginning. Except Luke's now a hermit instead of a farm boy. Whereas this felt very much like it paid respects to the original. Whether the original deserves to have respect paid to it or not, you can argue that. But And, you know, whether that makes for an interesting film. But I think as a film for fans, as in proper fans, I'm not talking about those fucking dickheads who went online. Because like I've said before, fuck them. Mm. Um. Yeah, they're not fans. No, because, you know, even if the reboot wasn't your thing, you still have the original too. Mm. You don't need to be a prick because somebody tried to do something different. Like I say, for me, it didn't work either, but I wasn't instantly kind of like, you know, sending death threats and I, abusing I, I, people. I, I must shout about this on the internet. Yes. <laughs> Angry man shouts at clouds. Yeah. But... And there's going to be people who hate this film as well. And that's fine. Yeah. I completely, un- to be fair, like there's been some really sniffy reviews that I don't agree with at all. That just seem to be reviewing the experience of seeing the film rather than the actual film. Yeah. Um, and there are problems with the film, which I'm sure we'll get into. But um, I think for me, it did what I wanted it to do, but didn't necessarily expect it to do. Like I say, I didn't expect it to sort of, I don't know why, I don't know whether it's in the trailers or not, but I never really expected it to connect back to Goza. I knew that the dogs, I knew the dogs were in it. Yeah, actually Goza, if you watch the trailer, Goza's actually in the trailer. Uh, You see it climbing out of the pit. See, I sort of watched the trailer, but didn't watch the trailer, if that makes sense. Yeah. In that I wanted to get a feel of the film, but I didn't want to focus too much on it. Yeah. Because, you know, it's the older Shannon Wheeler thing, of, you know, somewhere between nostalgia and expectation, we should have been happy. Yeah. So I, I kind of didn't want to get my expectations up too much. 
Um, like I say, knowing the dogs were in it, I kind of figured that it would be Goza, but I didn't know for definite. Mm. I was kind of in that blissful ignorance, stupidity state. Um, but yeah, I um, I thought there might be a Goza right now. I didn't expect Goza to take the same form or a similar form because it's not the same actress. I was going to ask, was it the same actress? It was no. obviously made look the same actress. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Um, I was half expecting then, drawing the, the, the last scenes, for them to have to choose another form that they'd have to fight Gozer in. I kind of thought that was going to happen. But um, then is that too similar? You know? I don't know, because it does, like I say, a, a few reviews have been like, it does hit the beats of the original, and it does, and that's, yeah. but it does it differently enough for me to be happy. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I like this film. I don't like Force Awakens, so I might be a bit more push back a little bit more against the comparisons of it basically being the Force Awakens of the Ghostbusters movies. Yeah. Um, but again, I don't. If the Force Awakens had been done better for me, and you know, been a bit more respectful to the original trilogy, which I think they would did think they were being, but I don't think yeah. they were. Um, I kind of, and it gave you what you wanted. You saw the Ghostbusters back together again. Yeah. And with the except, obvious exception of Egon, that they kind of didn't really have a choice. They didn't kill him off either. Because mm. that was my other big fear was going to be that fuck they're going to kill the originals off, aren't they? Because it's kind of again it harkens back to that Star Wars thing of like, oh Lando's, oh they're probably going to kill him though, aren't they? <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I, I really, like I say, I really enjoyed it. I liked, I really liked Paul Rudd. I thought there was just the right amount of Paul Rudd. Yeah. Um, yeah he actually I, wasn't in there that much, really. No, I, I mean, think again. Half the time he was a dog. But, or showing kids inappropriate films to watch in summer school. Which was brilliant. What was it Cujo and what was the other Cujo one? Cujo and, and Charles Play. That's it. <laughs> Um, I think the standout for me in this film was Mechanic Race. Yeah. yeah she as um, Phoebe, which it was bugging me what she'd been in, but she was in Gifted, which is a Chris Evans film. Yeah. Which I really liked. And she was young Captain Marvel in Captain Marvel. Was she really? Yeah. Okay. She had blonde hair in both those films and was younger. So that's why I didn't recognise her. Okay. But I liked her. I thought she was... I loved her delivery... Lines. Like I say, I think she and Logan Kim's podcast, mm. certainly of the kids, were the standouts. Yeah. I think um, Finn Wolfhart as Trevor was kind of wasted. Mm. That was the stuff I could have happily seen cut out. It didn't really go anywhere. And I think Lucky has very much got the Winston treatment. Yeah. Kind of being mm. like, we also have a fourth one. Yes. Token. Because she doesn't even get a big moment. She gets turned into a fucking dog when they don't change when the mum changes back. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. It's like why? It's um. I thought Carrie Coon was great as the mum as well, but yes, yeah, she was quite. Yeah, she was very good. I mean, um, like I said, I think all the cast were great. I just think two of them were completely wasted. Yeah. And didn't really add anything to it other than Trevor fixes up Hector one. Hmm. Can we um, talk about the absolute star of the show? 
Yes. There you go. That, I'm sorry, that, I don't know that, what that is. That absolutely did it for me. Um, that tearing I mean, through the cornfield was fucking. I know it's in the trailer anyway, but yeah, oh, it's fantastic. And this kind of yeah, I love it absolutely. Um, but since that bit of the trailer did it for me, if they didn't have the reveal of them putting the blanket back and revealing the logo, the dusty logo, I wouldn't be half as excited for this film. Yeah, because um, I'm a massive. I have a little bit of a ecto and fetish. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, but yeah, but I, I absolutely love it. I'm a bit of a, you know, I'm a bit of a car petrol head anyway. And this that was part of my problem with the 2016 Ghostbusters is that. Their Ecto One was like Ecto One had fucked the Griswolds' car from vacation. No, yeah, it did. And that was yeah. the end result. <laughs> it was a hearse, wasn't it? it was in that yeah, car. it was a hearse. I mean, I think it worked in the context of that film, but as a car, it was just kind of meh. All right. Yeah. But that's, we're dangerously close to just keep shitting on the 2016 film, and that's not what I want to do. Um, but yeah, it was awesome to see it back, and to finally, see, I know again it's in the trailer, but and to finally see the um. Gunner's seat come out, which you used to get in the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Oh, do you? I didn't know that. But we've never actually seen it in live action. Oh, okay. I'm sure, or is it in Extreme Ghost? It's in one of the Ghostbusters cartoons. I'm sure it's in real Ghostbusters. I may oh, be, uh, again, misremembering and mashing two memories together, but. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. But, um,. But yeah, and I liked the ghost that eats metal that I can't remember the name of now. Uh, um, uh, Muncher, Metal Muncher? Muncher, something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I liked him. I like. I mean, he was obviously the Slimer replacement. He I liked that they, Slimer, yeah. that they didn't bring Slimer into it, because logically yeah. Slimer would still be in New York. Yeah. So do you reckon the taxi cab ghost is just a knob that doesn't need to make sense? Or do you reckon that at some point he got sucked in when they sent Goza back in the original film. I think it was just a nod to that doesn't really make sense. It looked a bit like um the I recognise one of the ghosts from the real Ghostbusters, the purple eye one with the eye called. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that makes a cameo in the film as well, but there's no real reason for it. It's um well I mean it's there's no real reason for the Zool dog to be eating dog food, but <laughs> I forgot about that. That's fantastic. So, um, yeah. I did like that in that scene behind Paul Rudd is a load is a fridge full of Baskin Robbins because Baskin Robbins always knows. <laughs> I don't know whether that was a deliberate Iron Man nod or whether oh, Paul yeah, Rudd just has it has it in his contract that there has to always be Baskin Robbins somewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am. Um, I suppose we should talk about the big twist reveal, or not twist, but big reveal, spoiler kind of thing. And that's the ghost of Egon. Yes. So obviously he's the shadowy figure you see at the beginning. Yeah. Where they keep his face in silhouette. And I was kind of, that's that's nice. That's a nice way of doing it. Did you know straight away who that was? Yes, but only because seconds. something had spoiled it for me that the film opened on being chased by a ghost. Yeah, it it didn't take me long to work that out. Um, but I mean, once I saw yeah. the silhouette and it had the big hair and the glasses, big hair, yeah. 
because that was my big fear that they were going to get a Harold Ramis lookalike in. Yeah. Um, I'd love to. I've not delved into it. Um, I'd love to know how they did the Harold Ramis ghost. Because it is Uncanny Valley, but I thought it held up a lot better than like Princess Leia at the end of Rogue One or some of the other Uncanny Valley stuff I've seen. I mean, the beauty of it is, though, that all the ghosts in Ghostbusters are very slightly cartoony, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, With the possible exception of Vigo, they're all slightly, you know, um, yeah, they're all slightly grotesque or, or cartoony or not quite human, are they? Yeah. Is it the Scaleri brothers? Is that the ones from Ghostbusters 2? Yes, the Scaleri brothers, the electric chair ones, and then you, even the librarian, you know, okay, yeah. maybe in the beginning she is, but then she turns into the flying thing. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, and then obviously at the end, because, I mean, I'm assuming anybody that's listened this far knows, so we're going to jump all over the place. But at the end, because, right, build up. Egon has always been my favourite. I had a brief thing where Venkman was my favourite because obviously he was the de facto leader. Everybody loved Venkman. It's it's a bit like you always wanted to be Luke Skywalker or Han as a kid. Yeah. You always wanted to be the main one. But I was the kid that could never be the main one, so I was always one of the side characters. So if I was lucky, I got to be Egon. And then when I was in senior school and I started wearing glasses, I started getting called Egon. Because I also had the yeah. big boofy hair as well. <laughs> you had, yeah, and you had Necto, you had a, a proton pack as well. I did have a yeah, proton well. pack, yeah. Uh, non-functional, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did walk up to living people and just poke them. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I mean, I love Harold Ramis anyway. I was always excited like when he pops up in Stripes or Stealing Home or you know the films he directed Club Paradise and Groundhog Day and What is he a Groundhog Day? He's the director. Oh, I thought you said he pops up in it. Uh no, I said oh. then the films he directed. Oh, I know yeah, I see. Sorry. I, knew um, I mean, I was really sad when Harold Ramis died. Partly because I knew it meant that Ghostbusters 3 was definitely done. Yeah. <laughs> On a purely selfish thing. And just because I, like I say, I loved Egon. So seeing him actually physically, not obviously Harold Ramis, but seeing Egon actually physically be on screen as a ghost mm. and actually get a nice send off. And that the film ends with for Harold. Yeah. I mean, brought a tear to my eye. Yeah. I. I don't mind admitting that, you know, I choked up a little bit. I, you can add it to the list of films that made me cry at the end. Um, but yeah, I imagine like how you'd probably have felt if Hector 1 had blown up. Oh, don't even go there. It was hard <laughs> enough on that bloody um, 18 um, remake where they flattened the freaking 18 down. <laughs> yeah. Watch the extended cut, though. He's got a new van on order in that. So. Uh, the same? Uh, the 18, well, it's a slightly modern update. Uh, but, um, yeah. Again, that's the not respect in the past kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like that thing you loved as a kid, we destroyed it. Um, yeah, I thought it was beautiful. I loved the fact that they didn't have him talk. 
Because again, I could see the temptation there to just sort of loop and cut together old Harold Ramis dialogue. Um, I thought it was beautifully done. I love when the other Ghostbusters look at him. Yes, and they kind of nudge each other, don't they? And they nail that Harold Ramis little knowing smirk. Yeah. Um, I love it when he um, hugs Callie before he sort of disappears and goes off. Mm. I thought that was really nicely done. Um, yeah, that's quite. I like the the whole um, where they talk to Ray when Ray's on the phone and talk about Egon, and he makes him up. He's a complete asshole, and you know, the oh, e- Egon Spengler can burn in hell. Yeah, that's it. All of that, and then you kind of find out why. Although yeah. he doesn't really explain why he didn't explain that to the others. Yeah. I don't know. I think you needed that dramatic reason for why Egon was out on his own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I um, like I say, I really, I thought that was really nicely handled. I thought it was done in a way that I'm assuming that Howard Ramis's family signed off on it. Yeah. But it, it could have so easily been done in a unintentionally disrespectful way. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, like I say, I thought that was really nicely done. I thought um. McKenna Grace did an excellent job of playing the grandchild of Harold Ramis. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she even went back from the look. Um, just Although, the mannerisms as well. Just the yeah. the whole thing about um, her mum going on a date with uh, Mr. Gruberson. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't really express things, but inside I'm throwing up. <laughs> um, um, although... Of course, all of you would be a little bit more freaked out if you started playing chess with a ghost. I don't know. She was just like, oh, I'll just get on with it. I guess you figure if it's a chess playing ghost, it's relatively friendly. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't have gone down that fucking mine. <laughs> yeah. I would have definitely been that. Nope, I'm out. <laughs> Um, but I love podcast as well. I thought Logan He's Kim's cool. podcast was great. Yeah, I thought, like I say, him and McKenna Grace seem to be the two best developed characters as the kids. Yeah, I um, say Trevor was fine, but it didn't really go anywhere. And um, Lucky was felt really tacked on. Kind of like a, we need a fourth one, but we don't know what to do with them. Mm. Um, but, but how awesome was it to see the three surviving Ghostbusters suited up as well? Uh, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, and for Winston to get a bit more action. Yeah. I mean, like I say, Lucky kind of got the Winston treatment in this film, but it was nice that and obviously there's the post credit scene that neither of us stayed for because we didn't realise it was there. Because we didn't have yeah. our phones on us to check. No, absolutely. I kind of feel like in the Jason Reitman introduction, he could have said and stick around till the end of the credits. Because mm. it's not a Marvel movie, so you don't expect there to be a post credit sting. I kind of thought there'd be a mid-credit one, especially when Sigourney Weaver's name came up and she hadn't been in the film yet. Yeah. Um, did you watch that? Fortunately, that end credit scene was put up online. Yes, I did. By watch somebody it. dodgedly shooting it on their mobile phone, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I um, I thought that was a really nice scene. 
and again, sort of gave Winston a bit more to do. I kind of feel like they're setting it up for. All right, let's talk about what can what can possibly come next because I kind of feel like they're setting it up for Winston to be like the Ghostbusters to become a business, for it to become yeah, like Ghostbusters corpse with Winston at head. It. Yeah, he's going to finance it absolutely. Because um, um, Ray says that he thinks the firehouse is now a Starbucks. It turned out it's not. It's just run down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and still has an active um, containment system in it. Yeah, with the red light that's still on. But There's I, I suppose. In it. I, I suppose what would you do with it once you'd uh, caught all those ghosts? I suppose you'd have to keep it. So do you reckon they're going to go Vigo? No, I don't think they'll go that way now. No. I mean, Vigo kind of exploded into a painting rather than was caught in a trap. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, Vigo's kind of gone. This is the way I always read the end of Ghostbusters 2. It's not... Same as Goza. Goza was blasted back into her own dimension. Mm. Um, or its own dimension. Um, whereas Vigo... I think if... I get the feeling they're going to go back to New York. I'd like to see... Certainly, Phoebe and Podcast be a part of a future Ghostbusters team. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how they do it. I did like the. I quite liked that this one wasn't set in New York. I liked the small American town kind of yeah, vibe yeah, of it. Yeah, really. Yeah, really worked. Um, partly because again, it taps into that Amblin thing. I've always liked those movies set in weird small American towns. Hmm. Where, like everybody knows the name of the fire chief and that <laughs> bit like like Roxanne and that the Steve Martin film it's kind of like everybody seems to know everybody sort of small town yeah yeah absolutely yeah it'd be uh the hot fuzz equivalent over here I suppose <laughs> but without the homicidal secret society doing things for the greater good yeah oh you didn't do it oh hang on oh sorry for the greater good. Sorry, I was just reading the email. The greater good. Sorry, for the greater good. The greater... Shut up! <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, Winston says he's take, he takes Ecto-1 back. That's sort of how the film ends, isn't it, with it going across the Brooklyn Bridge. So do you think we'll get, like, Winston, Ray and Peter back? Training up a new yeah. team? Oh, I, well, I think they'll head it. Yeah, they're probably too old to go out and suit up, but they'll definitely be involved. I reckon they'll, yeah, they'll finance it, I reckon. They will, you know, definitely yeah. Ray, probably more than Peter. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get any more Bill Murray going forward. Yeah. Um, unless they one of the characters that they bring in would be Oscar. Then um, you'd have a connection to bring in Bill Murray. But yeah, but Oscar isn't Bill Murray's kid. Well, I mean, um, I'm guessing by the end of this film, him and Dana are a couple, so I imagine he would have raised him as a de facto father. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Generally, step-parents don't always turn their back on the stepkid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some do, obviously, but I, I get for all Pete. I think for all Peter's faults, he'd still kind of, you know, have raised mm. Oscar as his own. He certainly got that vibe by the end of Ghostbusters too. But um, 
Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of where I see that going. I loved, like I say, we didn't see it in the cinema, but I did enjoy that end credit exchange between Winston yeah. and Janine. Um, I liked the Janine cameo in it as well. Yeah. I kind of knew there wouldn't be, but I was expecting a Lewis Tully cameo. Yeah. But as Harold Ramis has largely retired, I think he's coming out of retirement to do a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids series on uh, not Harold, Plus. You mean... Um, um, uh, Rick Moranis, sorry. Rick Moranis. Um, yeah, I kind of didn't expect him to be in the film. Is he actually... I didn't know he was doing another, uh, another Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. They're doing a series. Like okay. a TV series for Disney Plus, as far as I know, unless that's fallen by the wayside now as well. But there was yeah. a thing that he'd come out of retirement to do that. Um, it would have been nice to see him, but again, it would have been pure fan service. And what would he come up to do? Run the yeah. accounts, crunch the numbers. <laughs> um, I suppose him and Janine could have been both working for uh, as Egon's managing his finances and that. Mm. Um, but but yeah, it's, um, I would like to know when e- Egon knocked somebody up to have a daughter because she looks. Yes. It would have had to have been around the time of Ghostbusters two because she's got to be thirty at least. Yeah. Oh, more than that. Well, yeah, quite possibly, but I didn't want to. Yeah. But if we so we're saying it must have happened soon after. Ghostbusters 2 at the earliest. Mm. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. It's a good point. Yeah. So. The only kind of almost slight love interest he ever had was Janine. And that was totally on her side as well, really. <gasps> Unless it was the slime. Ooh, could be. That'd make sense. That'd yeah. explain why she's so volatile. Uh, the actress who plays it was born in 81 I know that doesn't necessarily mean anything for the oh okay. she was Proxima Midnight in Infinity War was she really? Oh, yeah. yeah I didn't know that makes sense um, yeah so I suppose he could have had a child we didn't know about in Ghostbusters 2 but I didn't get that vibe from Eon in that film no so like I said I think being generous she's 30 but then so her kid's 15 so she would have got knocked up at 15 because that's what they say Finn Wolfhard's character's age is we probably shouldn't do the maths <laughs> yeah. I mean I'm not saying people don't get knocked up at 15 yeah. but but yeah so like I say for the timeline to sort of work unless this film's set a couple of years in the future fuck it we don't know it's fine it was just a small Again, another one of those, you know, litigation against the Ghostbusters from the Stay Puff Marshmallow Company. <laughs> What's the time? When was he gone fucking? <laughs> I could only imagine he was doing it as a science experiment. Uh, I, yeah, that would be the only <laughs> way. Absolutely. You know, he yeah. did it and then that he was got a that little reader thing out. <laughs> um, okay, another line I really liked that was a direct nod to the first film um, was where Goza asks Ray if he's a god. <laughs> the fact I he doesn't answer was... yes straight away. Winston's <laughs> yeah. like, come on, you know this! 
<laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, the hysterics. I love that. I kind of, once they were there and Goes was there, I was like, she's going to ask if they're a god. Yeah. Are you a god? <laughs> but, but yeah, I. Uh... <laughs> All right, I've got a trivia question for you. Okay. okay. A, okay. We know that the two devil dogs, we know that one of them is called Zool. What's the other one called? Keith. No. Oh, I think it looks like a Keith. <laughs> I didn't know this, and I can't think what it is. Go on, what is it? It's, I think it's, it's Vince. I think it's Vince Carthos. Yes, it is. Of course it is. Yeah. See, I wasn't far off with Keith, to be fair. I was going to say, you weren't really. Yeah. Is it Carthos? Yeah, something like that. Vince Porthos? Something he was like one that. of the Musketeers, wasn't he? It's kind of up there with, like, when you get a sci-fi movie and everybody's got, like, sci-fi names, like, you know, whatever. Think of a sci-fi name. And then you've got something that's just called, like, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, June, where you've got all these names and you've got Paul and Duncan. <laughs> so, really? Duncan's really like He-Man anyway. Well, yeah. We well, as a man. Yeah, you arms. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You've got Ram Man and you've got, you know, Cyclops and all that. And then you've got Duncan. <laughs> Who ironically doesn't have any kind of Duncan power. No. It doesn't even make so, donuts. So you could have at least called him Dunk. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah, of course it is. It's Vincent's all. I like the idea of Vince, the fucking hell dog. Yeah. <laughs> Fido, the hell dog. <laughs> um, I thought the when I'm going to guess it's the Zool, it is the Zool one that takes over the mother, isn't it? Takes over Callie. Yes, it is Zool, yeah. So, the gatekeeper, as opposed to the key master. That was, that was quite the jump scare, I thought. Where it just comes out of the dark. Mm. But, um, I, I liked the little. It might have been a little nod too much for her to be doing the heavy breathing and the. Uh, there is no mother only zool or whatever it is. Yeah. That she does. And weirdly, that she's in the same dress that Dana Barrett was in. Yeah, that was a bit odd. And then she stays in the dress. So she basically gets a free dress out of it. Yeah. But I was kind of like, that makes no sense. Dana had that dress for the date, I assumed. Well, no, I suppose you didn't actually see it, but you would assume it's something out of Dana's wardrobe. You, yeah, yeah. You. At no point did I think, that's a that's a dress from a hell dimension. Yeah, well, yeah, because she didn't, Dana wasn't dressing, um, didn't put that dress on before she got taken no, off. No, because she gets... No, she's in a like she's gym got, stuff. She isn't just she? gets up from work, yeah. Do you know what I think would have been better if you were going to use that dress? Just put a ball oh. rod in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if Gozer is sexless, how does it? How do they then know to put the uh, Zool in a dress? <laughs> Not to imply that people who are sexless don't know the difference between male and female. 
No, absolutely, yeah. But just, just more the way that they. But they they kind of use the attraction to get the gatekeeper and the key master together, don't they? I don't know. I think Paul Rudd, sexiest man alive, could have pulled off that dress, <laughs> and possibly did. But when the key master and the gatekeeper got it together. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> that was the other thing I liked. It's like <laughs> where they realised that it meant that their mum and Mister uh, Gruberson had obviously decided like, to try not to think about it. <laughs> I love the little gag about um, podcast, podcast, where it really comes together in episode forty-two. <laughs> um, and then That's when it. he. When he meets Ray, who's his only subscriber. Yes, the only listener. It's yeah. like, it really comes together in episode 42. Which I kind of feel we should put on any advertising for the nerds who want themselves from now on. Really yeah. comes together in episode 42. Or really comes into its own in episode 42. Have we had, have we had episode 42 yet? Yes, we've gone past 50. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I can't remember any of them. That's not included. Well, nor can I. I don't think people who listen to it can either. It's probably for the best, to be honest. Yeah. I kind of wonder why I bothered to keep the back catalogue up, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine many people are going back. Occasionally, like it goes up by one every few months, but, but that's something for a different time as well. Um, yeah, all right. I think we've sort of... Have we hit on everything we needed to hit on? I think any, so. Any final thoughts? Um... Is there anything that you expected to happen in it that didn't happen? Any particular fan references or, you know, throwbacks that you were quite surprised didn't happen? Like, for instance, Slimer. I expected Slimer to be in it. I was quite surprised that he wasn't in it anywhere. I kind of wondered whether Oscar would be in it. Yeah. Like, maybe as a fourth Ghostbuster kind of thing. Mm. Because he'd be, what, 30 now? Yeah. So, you know, around the same age as Egon's kid. When did yeah. Egon knock somebody up? This is the shit um, I lie awake at night thinking about. That and Ray <laughs> getting sued over the state of Marshmallow. <laughs> um, like as we were talking about, because I said because there wasn't a, a lot of well, in fact, I missed all of the Ghostbuster two references. But you sent me that link, and there were things like apparently the toast from Ghostbusters two was in the background in Egon's place. Yeah, which I didn't spot. Well, yeah, because um, you we'd had the conversation afterwards of. You know, does it ignore Ghostbusters 2? Does it wipe Ghostbusters 2 from canon? Yeah. And I didn't maybe, think it did. Because, but mainly because of Ecto-1, because Ecto-1 reverts back to its state, because it gets a complete overhaul in the second movie. Yeah, I... And if they even change the name to Ecto, Ecto-1A, don't they? Yeah, but I'm assuming as there's no Ghostbusters 2 branded jumpsuits, because they change the logo, don't they? Yeah, they do, yeah. On everything for the branding to be Ghostbusters yeah. 2. Which, which never real... sat right for me in that film, anyway. No, no, it's a real weird meta thing, isn't it? It's, um... But then again, if you think about it, there's quite a few, because they, they dance to the theme, to the Ray Parker Jr. theme in the second one. Yeah. You know, which is a real weird meta thing. I don't know, yeah. I kind of get, if you save New York, possibly a New York musician would do a Ghostbusters song. Yeah. In tribute before they disappeared but the Ghostbusters it'd be like troops disappearing for five years and which you know the way things are going is possible yeah and then when we come back we've got a two in our branding yeah like we're a sequel company yeah 
But anyway, that's by the by. That was purely merchandising for the second film. Um, unless they figured that would be what got people to buy new mugs. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I like I say, and sort of when Ray talks about, you know, them coming back and business being good and then it eventually sort of drying up. Yeah. It doesn't directly reference Ghostbusters 2, but it doesn't ignore it either. Yeah, that's true. So I think it was possible. I just don't think there was anything in Ghostbusters 2 that related to this story. No. What with no, it being... You, I... Unless it was Gozer about... and Vigo that came back. But as the actor that played Vigo died and was very problematic when he was alive anyway. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's... Google it. There's a whole thing about him getting mixed up with. I can't remember the finer details, but it's something to do with him getting mixed up with Russian gangsters or something. Oh shit! And about him being a very scary fucking dude in real life. Yeah. Um, I may be misremembering oh, that, God. so Google um, it for yourself. But. Well, yeah, but you would have thought when they're having a bit of a feedback about all the ghost, you know, Ghostbusters got up to you know about the whole giant marshmallow man and stuff like that. You you thought he would have mentioned about the big Statue of Liberty that they managed to bring to life and walk, you know, and walk into Manhattan. Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> How often do you replay your greatest hits? <laughs> yeah. I suppose the giant marshmallow man was more destructive than the Statue of Liberty. The Statue of Liberty was a force for good. Well, yeah, but how did they get it back? I don't know, because there's that whole thing in the novelization that they couldn't afford to do in the film, where when they put it back, she's got the book and the torch in the opposite hands. <laughs> really? Brilliant. Um, but I mean, that whole thing makes no sense when you think about it, because she's got no limbs to be walking anyway. Yeah, she's just so absolutely it's hollow inside. <laughs> there's there's no actual legs to move. Yeah. But, um, again, I think if you overthink it, it's not doing its job properly. No. So it's just those little things. That, that's another thing that you can lie awake at night thinking about. So now you've got when did Egon have sex? Did the Stay Puft Marshmallow Company have a right to sue Ray? Specifically Ray, because it was his fault. And And uh, does Lady Liberty have legs? How does Lady Liberty walk without legs? Yeah. How good is that slime? (laughs) It would have been better if she popped across like the toaster. That's how I wanted Lady Liberty. Once they played sprayed the slime and then started playing Jackie Wilson <laughs> although I don't know if it's the Jackie Wilson version in the film but anyway yeah she should have popped across the bay like the toaster popped <laughs> across the table yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but yeah I am um, like I say I think it was exactly what I wanted from a Ghostbusters film I think yeah like I say, not to hark on about the 2016 one, but I think the 2016 one didn't do a good job of honouring what went before. And I understand yeah. wanting to do your own thing. And again, like I said at the beginning, I understand that there are people who really like that film, and I am all for that. That is cool. For them, that's their Ghostbusters. And that's all from it. It just didn't work. For thing. And again, 
always dubious about saying fans because then people think of fans, they think of the toxic masculinity of people that went online. Which, when you think about this, the central Ghostbuster in this film is a kick-ass fucking female character. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she is. One largely sidelined female character. But then you also have a pretty cool male Ghostbuster character and a sidelined male character. So they balanced it out nicely. Um, I'd, I'd love to see more with the kids, but obviously there's nothing left in that town now. Yeah. Um, apart from possibly sweeping up any old ghosts, although did they all they all went back in, didn't they? I if I remember in the end, right? This is the problem with having seen it, and then one thing and another, yeah. we were delayed in recording this, so the memory starts to slip on certain things. Um, but no, I thought it was nicely done. I would like to see more of these characters. Yeah, I'd like to see Trevor and Lucky get developed a bit more as well. She very much wanted to get out of that town. Mm. Um, but like I say short of them going to work for Ghostbusters in New York which I don't know how you make that work with a character that is essentially 12 years old maybe yeah 12 or 13 that's too young to go to New York well I suppose it depends how long it takes them to make a sequel but but yeah I'm assuming somewhere between Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2, Egon had a kid. That's why he was no longer interested in Janine in Ghostbusters 2. Oh, yeah. Always Jean just not interested in him. Was he ever interested like... in Jean? I don't think so. He collects for, uh, spores, molds and fungus. Molds and fungus, yeah. Uh, and he enjoys reading. But oh, no, she enjoys reading. Dead. For him, the print is yeah, dead. print is dead, yeah. Uh, that's very interesting to me. Uh, I like the little thing that um, it was Winston that kept Ray's bookshop alive. It was essentially yeah. funding it. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, I like that Winston was the one that went off and clearly became a doctor. Mm-hmm. Which I'm guessing is something to do with finance and, you know, became a successful businessman. I always was liked the Winston character. He, yeah, he was Dr. Yeah, Z. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, okay. I always, yeah, it was always my big disappointment with the ghost, first two Ghostbusters that there wasn't more Winston. Yeah. He has the cool bit where he saves them when the um, pictures of Vigo catch fire. Oh, yeah. And he gets yeah, the hero so. moment of kicking down the door and putting out the fire. Yeah. And he gets the cool bit with the train where he goes through him and they ask him which number it was. He's like, sorry. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> he was only in it for a steady paycheck. Well, I mean, yeah. If there's a steady paycheck in it, he'll believe anything you tell him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but although uh, it did always crack me up that he's like, you know, I think we need to get our own lawyers, and then as soon as the Ghostbusters get called to the mayor office, he's like, yeah, I'm with them. <laughs> it's like, motherfucker, you were about to ditch these pricks a minute ago. <laughs> I'm not saying I wouldn't be the same, though. If you and I were in jail and you were talking crazy, I'd be kind of like, yeah, I don't want to be associated with you. And then they're like, you two can go. I'd be like, yeah, I'm definitely with him. (laughs) That is one thing with this film, is that clearly Ghostbusters happened. Ghosts are real, but everybody seems incredibly sceptical at the idea of ghosts. Yeah. Or even the possibility. 
Um, you'd kind of think that people would be like, this shit has gone down before. And they do have ghostbusting equipment. And there was something weird munching up the metal in the town. Yeah. But, but yeah. So would you like to see it go back to New York if they made another one? Yeah, I think so. Maybe not. Just perhaps not even for the whole movie. Uh, I know they're on about wanting to do like uh, a Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of approach to going forward. Which I don't know whether that's what they want to do, yeah. So I guess you would have Ghostbusters in San Francisco, Ghostbusters in... That's what everyone wants to freaking do. Bloody Marvel Universe. That's all you hear about nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, again, I kind of think that's just a... I didn't bother reading the article because those headlines bore the tits off me. Yeah. And it's like, you know, oh, they want to make a uh, Marvel-esque extended universe of such and such. Downton Abbey, the Marvel-esque extended universe. Fuck off. (laughs) The thing is, you always hear that. I mean... I mean, it's still a newish concept, really, and already we've got ones that have failed. I mean, look at the freaking was it the 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 monsters, the uh, Universal monsters. Universal monsters. But well, I mean, I'm That's not being funny. Look at the DC one. Yeah. That fucking I mean, should have. That's all over the fucking place. That should have been nailed on, fucking. If you're gonna do a Marvel Cinematic Universe type thing, pretty much a different company doing the exact same thing should have been nailed on. Yeah, like I say, it just seems like the late. It's, it just seems like the lazy franchise build thing now. Yeah, I'd rather no, focus really on. Is. I'd rather focus on these Ghostbusters. Potentially do a new Ghostbusters cartoon with Ghostbusters, a Ghostbusters squad in a different t- a different town or something. Yeah. Fuck it. If you can get the money, do a live action TV series. That's like oh, yeah, Ghostbusters that's... San Francisco or something. Be like the CSIs. I was about to say, it'd be like all the CSI movies. Yeah. <laughs> all the Law and Orders, Ghostbusters Special Victims Unit. <laughs> uh, but like I say, I'd like to see, I'd like to see more of Phoebe. I'd like to see more podcasts, especially. Yeah. I kind of feel like moving Paul Rudd into it would be shoehorning him in. Yeah. Unless you can find a role for him within the Ghostbusters team where he's not actually a Ghostbuster. Yeah, like some kind of advisor. But what was he? I suppose as you phase out Winston, Peter and Ray, there's a role there for Paul Rudd. Mm. But I I think, like I say, the problem with the Phoebe in a podcast doing it is that it's minors in new york fighting ghosts and it kind of doesn't feel the same as children in a small town fighting ghosts yeah because yeah, then you're going to get lawyers and mayors fighting against them aren't you and and you know a 12 year old girl saying this man has no dick <laughs> it's true this man has no dick <laughs> well that's what i heard um I don't know. Is the New York thing also played out, though? No. Well, it belongs in New York, doesn't it? You know, I mean, that's... I don't think it's played out. I think it needs to go back to New York at some point. I think I'd like to see more if they've got the right story for it. Yeah. I think if they're doing it just for the sake of this film was actually more popular than they thought it would be and it made more money than they hoped it would. 
Yeah. Um, that's possibly what the problem with ever having a Ghostbusters 3 originally was. Because I know they had like the hellbent idea that was they went to a version of New York that was in hell. Oh, OK. Which, which sounds cool. But at the same time, it's like, is that what I want to see in a Ghostbusters movie? Um, so, I, I mean, like I say, you've got to come up with the right. I thought this was an interesting take on bringing Ghostbusters back. Yeah. As both an introduction for new fans and. You know, paying homage and fan service to what had gone before. Uh, I would quite like to see the female Ghostbusters team come back in a better film. Yeah. Because I had no problem with them as characters. Um, say I'm surprised they didn't try, at least try and find a way to get Holtzman back, given how popular she was. Yeah. It's very much the character everybody gravitated towards. But I suppose you could do, they did it in the comics, where the two dimensions merged together. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't, know that. Um, I didn't actually read it. I can't even remember whether I had it or not. Um, but but yeah, I'd like, like I say, it'd be nice to get another one in with the original crew. Yeah. While we still can. Um, like I say, it'd be nice to see a grown-up Oscar. Yeah, it would be. As long as they cast it right. Mm. But I suppose it's having bankable stars, so you possibly would need your Paul Rudd. He's the world's sexiest man, after all. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. This sort of ended nicely for me. If they if they said they weren't making any more Ghostbusters, I'd be fine with that too. Mm. I kind of got the payoff I wanted. The the best possible Ghostbusters 3 I could get under the circumstances. Yeah. For me. Like I say, I know there are people who have a problem with the fan service element of it, and that's 100% justified. But at the same time, what else do you really want from it? Mm. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, the thing is, it's aimed at the the audience who it's aimed at are people who grew up with the movers, yeah, um, who love the movers. So it's aimed have... at it's aimed at people like me who grew up with Ghostbusters and have children that I can now introduce to Ghostbusters. Yeah. Through a way where you know they potentially look at the original Ghostbusters and be like, "Oh, it's from the eighties. That's like." <laughs> It's like over 30 years, Dad. Be kind of like, no, it's not. Oh, shit, it is, isn't it? Because yeah. <laughs> I'm still, whenever somebody's like, that's the film's 30 years old. I'm like, what, it was made in the 60s? <laughs> in that weird way that I'm unwilling to accept that the 80s were more than fucking 10 years ago. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, like I say, and I thought it was a nice, as sad as it is, I mean, there's part of me that always liked the idea that even though Harold Ramis wasn't alive, Egon Spengler was still somewhere out there in the ether yeah. as, as a fictional character kind of thing. But I thought this, as sad as it was to see a Ghostbuster die, it was a nice send off. They did it, was, it with respect. It was respect. very well done. Yeah. It, it didn't feel like it was done because this fucking dude died and now we got to fucking find a way to write him out. Yeah. It, it wasn't done like, you know, Steve from the first film died between films in a weird car crash. It wasn't like Will Smith in Independence Day 2. Like, yeah, oh, he died yeah. in a plane crash between films. So that seems really disrespectful to that character. Thanks. 
just shit all over my fucking love of the first film. <laughs> Which is why I will never watch Independence Day 2 again. Uh, I don't deserve to watch that again. T- talking about films that didn't respect what came before. <laughs> yet was made by the same fucking people. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, but yeah. All right then. Um, yeah, I think we've largely sort of covered yeah. it. So, sort of final thoughts. Would you recommend this film to people who love Ghostbusters? Very much so. But I was also uh, recommend that they know they that they really need to know the first film, in my opinion. But I absolutely, I have recommended it, and I've also recommended to people who I work with uh, who haven't seen Ghostbusters. And I said, yeah, go watch it, but just hey, look, go watch the first one first. Would you say if you didn't like the original Ghostbusters, you're not going to like this film? Um, no, yeah, I think so. Yeah. If you're not a fan, yeah. You're not I kind of think it works the other way. If this is your first Ghostbusters film, you've also then got the fun of going back and watching the originals and yeah. sort of picking up on all the references that way. Like I said, I'm really looking forward to watching it again. I've already pre-ordered the Blu-ray. Mm. Um, I like... Is it out this side of Christmas? I think it's a, it might be 1st of January. It didn't have a release date on it when I pre-ordered it, but it was the Steelbook, and as I've got all the others in the Steelbook, and the Steelbook is extra one going through the cornfield. Nice. So it was quite a nice cover. Um, yeah, I I think if you don't like Ghostbusters, you've got no interest in Ghostbusters, you're not going to get anything out of this film. Yeah. I think there's possibly a certain type of Ghostbusters fan who will also get nothing out of this film. They'll just think it's... They'll probably feel the same way about it that I felt about Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, but I think, it, like I say, it's what it's the best you're going to get for a Ghostbusters three under the circumstances. That sounds like damning with faint praise, but I, it, it is, and it does everything I could have hoped for from a film done under those circumstances. Obviously, in an ideal world. I'd have a Ghostbusters with all four of the original Ghostbusters still in their prime. Ideally, with Winston having a lot more to do than he did in the original two films. (laughs) Um, But it always seems to be the way with Ghostbusters films that the fourth character that's brought in is the one that gets sidelined. It happened Mm. in the 2016 one as well. I thought the Leslie Jones character was largely sidelined. She had a few good bits, but... Again, she very much got the Winston treatment. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I think it's a nice. Say there's no more. Obviously, they want to make more. They set up Ghost Courts with the idea of and of this reinvigorating the franchise, which I think, given the money it looks like it's taken, it's yeah. going to do. We will be getting another one. But it's a nice cap off for me to the films I grew up with. Yeah. I'd say it was enough nostalgia for me to get the warm and fuzzies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It had the right emotional beats. That's the other thing with doing another one is will it have the same emotional impact that this one had? Yeah, I don't think it. Yeah, you're right. It won't. It absolutely won't. Because they can't really bring back Egon as a ghost, can they? No. No, I think that would be cheating. That's when you've done that. Yeah. That would be, yeah, again, that would be doing it for the sake of doing it, and that just feels wrong. This very much felt like a goodbye to Egon and a goodbye to Harold. Yeah. And, um, yeah, 
I think it needs to sort of find its own path now. Yeah. Um, as cool as it is to see the original Ghostbusters, it does sort of start to need to, even though they're not really in this film, you spend the whole film waiting for it to happen because you knew they were coming back. Yeah. Part of me would have been a lot happier not knowing they were coming back. I think that would have been a genuine surprise moment. Yeah. Because it's played in it like you're not supposed to know they're going to appear. Yeah. Which makes you wonder why the fuck they released the figures of them before the film yeah. came out. Mm. Well, that happens a lot, doesn't it? Well, it does, yeah. It's very often that's the way that it's... And you know, it doesn't always mean that they're actually going to be in the film, or that toy yeah. ball is actually going to be what's in the film. But, Christ, look at the amount of variations of Batman in a suit that you had to release with the films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Batman Returns, oh. Batman in Arctic gear. Like, I was about uh, to say Arctic gear, that was, yeah. Or that all-gold Batman that I won in a competition. Um. <laughs> But yeah, it's a uh, yeah, yeah. I think all in all, it was definitely the best example of fan service I've seen for a long time. Yeah, and like I say, fan service doesn't have to be a bad thing. Um, I get why. I mean, I don't get some of the reviews are being particularly sniffy just because of the fan service, and I think that's wrong. Hmm. I think if you love something, then why not celebrate it with sometimes unnecessary nods to the original or even playing out the same beats? Like I say, nobody had a problem with it with The Force Awakens. It was generally four-star reviews all around for that film. So I don't see why you'd have a problem with the fan service in this one. Yeah. But fuck it. People are weird. So, yeah, anyway, that's sort of... Our thoughts on, on note. <laughs> um, Ghostbusters Afterlife, the Ghostbusters Ricky Gervais TV series mashup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I say, here's to a potential Ghostbusters 4, I suppose, or a mm. Ghostbusters cinematic universe. I God forbid. Yeah. yeah, so do I. Like, let's, let's just walk, let's not run. <laughs> let's just come up with good stories again if you did it it's largely going to be the same shit just in a different town isn't it yeah as much as i enjoy all those csi programs it's the same shit in a different city uh, yeah just Is with that a tagline? yeah same shit, <laughs> same shit different, different city <laughs> same shit small american town that should have been the tagline <laughs> awesome all right then well cheers for doing that and cheers for uh yeah taking me along as your uh, plus one for the VIP event where no we problem. were the only fuckers who respected the no mobile phones rule. Yeah, absolutely. Mugs. All those fuckers should have had their phones taken off them. Mm. I don't want to be that sound like that swatty kid in school, but at the same time, pricks. But then, if you think about it though, if they'd actually enforced that rule then we still wouldn't have seen the post credit scene. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we didn't anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I say though fortunately like you say somebody did have their mobile phone and they did get away with filming it where was the guy with goggles then unless they didn't care for that yeah perhaps they figured most people are going to miss it so we better get somebody to chuck it up online in a dodgy way it's probably Bill Murray filmed it yeah (laughs) awesome cheers man okay though yeah cheers bye